On this week's NFT SDN Reality Check, we talk with Red Hat on how open source is being used to boost NFT and SDN performance, as well as getting an update from this week's Red Hat event. Comscope, thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Open source has become a very hot topic in the world of virtualization. Obviously, as telecom operators are looking to move towards NFE and SDN solutions, a lot of work is being generated around open source as a platform for those moves. Uh, today, we're joined by, joined by George Rapo, who's the Director of uh, Partner Solutions and Strategy at Red Hat, to talk a bit about how open source is being used in this move towards virtualization. Hey, George, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Hey, Dan, nice to be here. Thanks for having me on. Great. Well, again, like I mentioned, obviously, open source has been a very hot topic. I know over the past couple of weeks, I've spoken to a number of organizations who are kind of looking at open source in this move towards the NFE and SDN for, for telecom operators. And obviously, open, open Hat's a, a, big, a, big, uh, a big part of this, or Red Hat, sorry. Red Hat's a big part of this with OpenStack, obviously. Uh, so I guess, you know, obviously, I want to get some insight from you today on, on the topic. Now, I know we're talking a little bit off air about, you know, obviously, how you guys are working in this space. I guess maybe you can provide a little bit of background on, I guess, how Red Hat uh, works with uh, the open source community and kind of, and obviously with, with OpenStack as well. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. I think we are a little bit different than most open source companies. I mean, first of all, we're a provider of software infrastructure, operating yeah. system, middleware, platform as a service, infrastructure as a service. We really support a software defined infrastructure. Um, that's what we do. Yes. We take an open source production model approach. And what's different about us is that our engineers start in upstream communities and we we work there first to strengthen the open source communities, make the technology stronger. And then from there, we turn it into commercial product. Most people who work on open source go sort of the reverse. Um, our goal is to strengthen the communities first. So we encourage more participation. More participation means faster innovation. And then we can draw from that and help our customers. That's how we do it, really. Got it. Okay. And obviously, it does seem like there's been quite a bit, obviously, in the telecom space, at least, which is what we kind of focus on you know, over the past 12 to 18 months. I mean, a lot of, a lot of talk, a lot of movement in terms of using open source or just in virtualization in general, uh, it seems like that this community is really really building quite a, quite a bit. And obviously I know a lot of organizations getting behind it, whether it's uh, Open Daylight, uh, OPNFE, uh, different forms like that. It seems like you guys are, are working in a community that's really uh, really getting some foundation here, really making a lot of progress in terms of getting open source as kind of the staple when it comes to this move towards virtualization. Yeah, I think the value chain in infrastructure to support software-defined networking, network functions, virtualization is is rich and complex. Yeah. And I don't think you can play in any one piece of that value chain and really have a significant difference. And that's why we invest in networking. We're part of OPNV, we're part of Open Daylight, the Linux kernel, KVM, and OpenStack. If you're really going to support an NFE-based uh, infrastructure, you need to integrate value across all of those. And I'll give you an example. Yeah. So. Some operators say that what they want to be able to do is get predictable performance out of virtual workloads. And that has implications across the value chain. If you want to be able to say, put a workload on a particular processor, keep it there, keep it close to its memory group so you can be more predictable, you need to make changes in OpenStack, in KVM and the hypervisor, and in the Linux kernel, and in some of the networking components. And that's why we participate in all of that and try to basically enable our partners, our VNF partners, to be able yeah. to worry about just their business logic, not in the infrastructure. And we're closely aligned with Intel on that vision as well. Their vision of a software-defined infrastructure is similar. They want all the infrastructure to be freely available. They want to encourage VNF vendors to participate on top of that. So we're working with them to create open platforms to support you know, faster, broader innovation. We're yeah, well aligned. Yeah, no, that's a good point, because obviously Intel is kind of at the key of this, because again, all these, 
uh, white boxes or, or blank boxes that people are going to want to use for this are based on their x86 platform. That's kind of what's been talked about a lot as being kind of the core of this whole thing is being able to use these boxes that are powered by Intel processors, Intel, Intel technology, and just kind of plugging these things in. And obviously, there has to be a, a, a smarts of this as well, which it seems like where the open source community comes in. Yeah, I guess, can you talk about, I guess, the importance of working with a company like Intel? Because obviously, they are going to be a core of what seems to be this kind of big movement toward, towards virtualization. Yeah, they really have, I think, um, the position to be able to sit beneath everything and invest broadly and in not, not just hardware, but an impressive amount of software-based sure. development. So they have engineering going into OpenStack, connecting uh, core features on the chip, you know, security, performance, whatnot, with the upper layers. They're investing in the data plane development kit to enable you know, packet acceleration. And they're able to invest broadly because they really want a software-defined infrastructure. Of course, it, it benefits them, it benefits people broadly. I, I think the main benefit for us, so we have a common vision, the main benefit is to standardize the environment. Yeah. Let me back up for a moment and say, what we're trying to do in this market is really enable speed, scale, and efficiency. True. And if you're trying to do those things, then the first step is standardize the environment so that your staff has less to learn, it's easier to manage things, you can roll things out faster. Intel supports that by giving away the infrastructure software, and you know we monetize that and participate. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, now I know for the telecom space, this is a huge uh, change of how things have kind of been done in the past. I mean, obviously in the past, you know, there's these big name vendors who kind of had a lot of proprietary information, a lot of proprietary technology. Uh, you know, at some point they had to interoperate with other other operators, other vendors. But for the most part, they were using these you know big you know kind of siloed of of, of infrastructure, which which telecom operators seem to kind of uh, perhaps appreciate because they there were at least some sort of, uh, I guess, um, um, a stability there that they were kind of confident in and using. Uh, obviously now with this move towards virtualization, it's a whole new market now where it is kind of this kind of, you know, not a, not really a wild west, but uh, it's, it's a different market for them where they're kind of having to be a little more trustworthy and kind of the vendors being out there and, 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 and at some point interoperating with each other too. Uh, and you know, as you look at how this has evolved, you know, how, I guess, what challenges have you seen in trying to, I guess, convince the telecom market that this is definitely the way to go and that you guys can provide the equipment, the, the, the hardware, the software that can support uh, these networks, which have, you know, are generating billions of dollars every day, supporting, you know, hundreds of millions of customers. Uh, I guess, what challenges have you seen in kind of making sure that everybody's on board with this kind of this, this, this view of a virtualized uh, world for telecom? I think at one level is about managing risk. The operators cannot afford for the network to go down. Yeah. Uh, just so as with the enterprise, enterprise folks can afford for your servers to go down, but you can't lose the data. Sure. In this world, the operators can't afford for the network to go down. So it's everything they need to do about reducing risk. The challenge is they have to maintain that low risk profile while being able to accelerate service development and run their, run their network more efficiently. I mean, the margins are just going down they need to find a way to take cost out of that, but not in a way that increases risk. Yeah. And so our big challenge is, is persuading them, look, open source software is enterprise ready, it's carrier grade, their participation is going to accelerate, but you're going to need to be on get on board because all of the new development is around those open platforms. And if you don't do that, you won't be able to de-risk quickly enough and you won't be able to innovate fast enough. You'll lose that race against the, the cost margin curve. Yeah, that's a good point. Obviously, I know obviously the orchestration layer of this is going to be a big part of kind of integrating the legacy and the new going going forward too. Is that'll be a big part. I know I've talked to a lot of carriers about that, and that's been kind of a big focus. I mean, that's 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 kind of going to be key for them to be able to kind of keep these services running. So, yeah. and obviously, I know open source is a big part of that as well. So that's going to be a huge huge aspect of this moving forward. It's it's been definitely been interesting to watch and see how it's all kind of played out, but it's it's a big part moving forward too. So. Absolutely. Watch there, obviously. Well, again, I know this week you're at the uh, Red Hat event there. Uh, I believe I think it's in Boston there. 
Uh, yes. A lot of big news that came out of the event there. I want to maybe touch base with you. I know we weren't able to join this year, uh, but we're going to kind of put you on the spot as our on-the-spot reporter. Uh, the news that came out of the event, I did, I, did, I did see a few kind of the bigger names or bigger announcements come out of there. But I'm going to get maybe from your point of view, maybe what you saw from the event this week and maybe what you saw is maybe some of the bigger announcements that came from the, uh, the Red Hat event there. We had a lot of technology and product refresh across our product portfolio, which is pretty broad. Yes. I think the thing that stood out to me the most was our announcements around our container roadmap and strategy. So containers is just a much more efficient version of multi-tenant virtualization than hypervisors. Mm -hmm. uh, and that would include the release of, you know, rel atomic enterprise. So taking the Red Hat Enterprise Linux base, which has always had container technology into in it for the last 10 years, but really making it more mature by integrating with uh, Docker for packaging, distributing apps and Kubernetes for orchestration of containers at scale and speed. That and the, the latest release of our OpenShift platform as a service engine, which has always been container-based, but now also adds Docker and Kubernetes. To me, the key is, this is the time, containers have been around for a while, but they have not had the orchestration mechanism and the tooling to make it easy to deploy quickly and at scale. So the significance of these announcements is that that is now part of commercially supported platform. I, to me, those are the big announcements that came out this week and they're all interlocked. Yeah, interesting, interesting. I'd have to say, obviously, you know, getting, making sure the orchestration part is, like I said earlier, that's a big part of uh, kind of making sure these things, these things work going forward. But uh, I did see some other news too. I think uh, you guys announced a mobile application platform as well. Um, that's probably part of this as well, but maybe touch a bit about, about that, the importance of that uh, to the telecom and mobile space too. So we've had a, uh, a growing middleware platform, the Red Hat JBoss middleware platform, yeah. core app server, business rules, enterprise application integration, all of that. But we had not until recently had a play in the mobile space, which, you know, that's driving so much API traffic, network traffic, and we needed to have a play there. We purchased a company last year called Feed Henry. Yep. And the announcements this week were about the development of Feed Henry into the overall portfolio and this deal with Samsung um, to collaborate around enterprise mobile support, which I think is going to be enormous. It's a game changer for us, I think. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that Samsung deal, too, because it did seem like there was obviously an enterprise-focused type of announcement, but enterprise has become such a big part, at least this initial push, towards virtualization and open source. It seems like that's a, a great a great partnership because obviously Samsung is trying to be very aggressive in this space as well. Obviously yeah. partnering with Red Hat with you guys, it's, it's, a, it's a big move it seems like for getting you guys even further in kind of this mobile enterprise uh, solutions platform. Yeah, absolutely. I think what I see is the link amongst the big trends in modern, modern computing, social, mobile analytics and cloud, they're all more interrelated than people give them credit for. So for us mobile, having a mobile play and integrating it with, with Samsung and the enterprise platform. Mobile is going to drive huge amounts of network traffic. That's going to come back to the NFE world. NFE operators and providers are going to have to be able to deal with that kind of traffic and not just at the low layers, but up at, at the API layer, which is where we have a strong developer play. So we'll be able to collaborate with our partners, linking mobile to traffic, to the underlying VNFs, all of that stuff is just going to come together. It's a long, long, complex story it's a sophisticated story but we i think we have all the pieces yeah that's a good point because obviously mobile you know i think to an extent and i don't and i don't want to speak for certain industries but it seems like you know mobile is growing so rapidly i mean it's becoming the go-to internet connection for a lot of people nowadays uh, and it's just growing more and more and i've always you know there's always a bit of concern when i talk to analysts about this as well is that you know how prepared is this virtualized world for this this growth in, in mobile data because Again, there's you know there are certain uh, you know people put out uh, forecasts of what they expect to happen, but it always seems like mobile data always seems to kind of exceed what's expected. Uh, I mean, are there are there any concerns from the I guess the computing side of things that they're able to uh, stay on top of these needs that telecom operators are going to need for their mobile networks in terms of analytics, quality quality of service, 
uh, different things like that. I mean, is there is there a pretty good confidence from the from the computing side that they can stay on top of these these, these needs? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, you talked about some of the key issues. I would add to that. In addition to that, this you think of it as API endpoints. The number of things making API calls back into the, the gateways or the data center is just exploding two, three, or four orders of magnitude. So just multiplying the number of things under management that data centers and NFE operators have to deal with is just exploding. So that's one of the things we're trying to address. Being able to give tools, this goes back to scale, scale, yeah. speed, and efficiency. The yeah. scale is almost unimaginable. We're trying to provide tools to help people wind that down, turn it into, make it more manageable. I mean, it's just a different world. Uh, and it's not just, you know, the, the significance of the data is not just data usage or data streaming. That's one thing that's significant. But when these things are also, like I said, API endpoints, that's a different kind of messaging traffic that you have to be able to deal with on the back end. And that's what we're trying to help with. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, obviously, this Internet of Things that people keep talking about, where there's there's be all these billions of devices connected, even right. if it's just short, you know, just tapping into the network every once in a while, it's still this tremendous amount of just additional data traffic that's just going to be on the network. That, that that's going to be kind of the challenge for operators. It seems is just being able to manage, just dealing with all of that coming on, on board there. Yes, indeed. And um, there's another another set of announcements or talks that we had at the Red Hat Summit was about our Internet of Things platform. I think two of the significant pieces there are is billions of devices on the network, but a lot of those will be intermittently connected to the network. So you won't have reliable network connections. And also the data will not be always clean coming from those endpoints. So you're going to be able to deal with interesting network conditions and you're going to deal with this huge massive data that you have to cleanse before you can really process it. Uh, yeah, those are great, great challenges. Yeah, that's a great point. You're right. I mean, again, these would be, these would be like little not the modules that are going to be just all over the place. Again, like you said, it'll be just you know, every once in a while. The data might not be perfect. Uh, it's going to be a big challenge. That's going to be something kind of interesting to watch how that all plays together here. But again, it's going to be an exciting time, I think, looking forward. I mean, obviously, this, com this combination of virtualization, computing, telecom networks, mobile networks. I mean, it's obviously you guys who are involved in it deeply. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of work. I'm sure a lot of uh, long days and long weeks for you guys. But <laughs> Uh, keeps everybody busy, which I guess I guess keeps everybody off the streets. So that's a good thing too. It's been an amazing week. There's so much activity, so much passion happening at the summit this week. All these things you're talking about, we're, we're all there every day, all day. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been good to follow, kind of see the news coming out of there. Well, hey, George, we definitely appreciate the insight on this today. Obviously, it's good catching up on on what Red Hat's been up to. Obviously, the Intel news as well, but also uh, having you kind of provide us some insight onto the on the event this week as well too. We definitely appreciate all the information today. I know you've got to catch a plane out of there, but uh, we definitely appreciate the time and information today. Thanks so much for, for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It's been fun talking with you. Great. Well, that sounds good. Well, perfect. Well, again, thanks a lot for, for George Rapo, who's uh, with the Red Hat for joining us today. Thanks so much, George. Well, that should do it for this week's uh, NFES in Reality Check. Again, I want to thank everyone for, for joining us this week and make sure to check us again next week for another. Actually, no, next week we are not on because of the July 4th uh, holiday, but we'll be back the following week. So please join us, I believe, on July 10th for the next episode of NFV SDN Reality Check. Thanks for watching. NFV SDN Reality Check with Dan Meyer is a production of RCR-TV. To suggest show topics or to reach Dan, you can find him on email, dmeyer at rcrwireless.com and on Twitter at Meyer underscore Dan. For more Dan, news on NFV SDN and everything wireless, find your way over to rcrwireless.com.